Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity, serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, here are your hosts, Mark and A.J. Joining us now is the man who spent 16 seasons in the NFL, all of them as quarterback for the New England Patriots. He was the prototype for today's agile, durable, dual-threat quarterback, even though he played in an era known for pocket passers. He led the league in both passing and quarterback rushing statistics several times in his career and ran for a quarterback record 12 touchdowns in 1976, a record that stood for 35 seasons. He ran for over 500 yards in 1978, led the team to an NFL record 3,156 rushing yards, which stood until it was eclipsed by the 2019 Ravens. When he retired in 1990, he held many of the team's passing and longevity records. He was inducted into the New England Patriots Hall of Fame in 1995. It is a thrill to welcome number 14, the one and only Steve Grogan to Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Steve. Thank you, Mark. So first and, and most importantly, how are you holding up during this pandemic and, and you know, staying at home and you know, hopefully everyone in your family is, is healthy? Well, we're, we're all doing just fine. Uh, I've actually relocated to the Kansas City area, so it's not nearly as bad out here as it is in Massachusetts and uh, New York, New Jersey. But uh, they're starting to open up things here. The golf courses were open several weeks ago, so I could do a little bit of that. Um, so we're getting by. Nice. All right, so as long as we're talking Kansas, take us back to Ottawa High School in Ottawa, Kansas, where you led your team to state titles in basketball and track, as well as state runner-up finish in football. What coach in high school had the biggest impact on you and why? Well, there were several several coaches. H.K. Uh, Stevens was the basketball coach, had a big influence on me. Uh, Don Cornos, who was our track coach, had a big influence on me. Um, we just had, at that particular time, we had a, a group uh, of guys that were all in the same class that loved sports, that had been playing together since we were in the seventh grade, and uh, we just had a lot of success on whatever field or court or track it was, and it was a, a heck of a good time. You know, what's also cool is that you and your wide receiver on your high school team were both pole vaulters. Uh, the quarterback-wide receiver relationship is one of the most, relation, most important relationships in football. How much of the time that the two of you guys spent together on that track team added to that relationship and, and benefited on the football field? Well, I'm sure it helped some, even though we probably didn't throw the ball more than five times a game <laughs> in high school, so there really didn't need to be a big, big huge relationship. But um, as I said, that uh, there were seven or eight of us that our senior year had been playing together for just so long. We all had great relationships with each other. All of them were very good athletes uh, besides me, and... Uh, Anytime you can spend time with guys like that, you're going to be successful. You know, you're back home in Kansas, but the Ottawa High School football stadium is named in your honor. Looking back on your career and everything you've accomplished, how much does having your high school football field named after you mean to you? That was pretty special when they, um, when they notified me that's what they were going to do. I think it was back in 86 or 87. Um, to know that the the town folks, the uh, Board of Education, the uh, mayor, whoever, um, 
felt like that I was that important to the city of Ottawa, a town that I loved growing up in. Uh, it was really special. So with everything that you accomplished and all the sports you participated in high school, I have to imagine there were lots of choices for you when it came to colleges. What went into your choice to go to Kansas State University? I got recruited fairly heavily by the uh, Kansas State, KU, Kansas University, uh, Missouri University. Um, but I had always planned on going to the little uh, NAIA school in my hometown, Ottawa University. My dad had gone there. Uh, several uncles had gone there. My brother, who's younger than me, wound up going there. Uh, I wanted to play three sports, and I, I knew I could do it at Ottawa University. But um, I had an uncle that had started at Kansas State and transferred to Ottawa, and he said to me at one point during all the decision-making that, you know, you could always try it in the big pond, and um, if, you, if you're not good enough for the big pond, you can go to the small pond and, and be successful. So Kansas State seemed to be the place for me. We had uh, my junior year in high school, there were two quarterbacks in our conference. One was David Jaynes, who was a, a draft pick of the Kansas City Chiefs. The other was Tom Owens, who went to play at Wichita State when they still had football. And I knew if I went to Kansas, which was closer to my hometown of Ottawa, um, I probably would be sitting on the bench until David James uh, graduated and left. So I thought I had a chance in Manhattan to play my junior year. They had a uh, Lynn Dickey, who played in the NFL for years, uh, had just left, and the quarterback named Dennis Morrison, who was drafted by the 49ers, didn't play very long, but um, he was taking over the job. So I figured back then freshmen couldn't play. So I couldn't play my freshman year. I didn't want to redshirt my sophomore year, and I thought maybe I could back him up my sophomore year and take over as a starter if things worked out my junior year, and that's exactly what happened. So it's interesting. You mentioned Lynn Dickey, and you take a look at your head coach, Vince Gibson, and the time he was there at K-State. You guys didn't have a great record, but he did manage to get a couple of quarterbacks drafted in the NFL. What did you learn most from Coach Gibson? Well, Coach Gibson had some good coaches around him, too. Uh, Coach Gibson was a, a fireball, a lot of enthusiasm, uh, promoted the program. We weren't very good back then. I mean, we were 3-8, and 5-6, and 4-7, and seven, so uh, it was very difficult to recruit to Manhattan, Kansas at that particular time. Um, but Coach Gibson gave me the opportunity, and, and uh, fortunately I – took that opportunity and was able to do something with it. So 1975, 20 quarterbacks are taken in the draft. You're the third quarterback picked behind Steve Barkowski and Gary Sheed. Of the 20 quarterbacks that were drafted, you played more games than any of them. What do you recall about draft day and the feeling going in? Did you have any inkling which teams were interested? And just overall, what do you remember about that day? I really had no idea what teams were interested. I did did go back to Boston. The Patriots had me back there to uh, I had had a neck problem my uh, senior year missed a little bit of time um, I saw a doctor back there who believe it or not informed me that he thought it would be dangerous for me to continue to play football with the problem I had in my neck and I went back to the stadium and Coach Fairbanks 
Chuck Fairbanks was the coach at the time. He asked me how it went, and I said everything went great. I went home. The Dallas Cowboys called me. One know they had heard I took a physical uh, for New England. Back in those days, they didn't share information like they do at the Combine now. And uh, I didn't want word getting around that I may have a problem, so I told them I was trying to graduate on time and I had some tests coming up and that there's just no way I could make it down there. <laughs> and uh, I was doing my student teaching, trying to graduate on time, and, and I took the day off from that, sat around my dorm room waiting just in case a phone call would come. And I think it was about 5.30 Central time when the phone rang. It was Coach Fairbanks, and they had drafted me in the fifth round. Now, it's so interesting because the Patriots basically, if you go back and write, read articles about it, they selected you with the intention of developing you into a serviceable backup. However, you immediately forced your way onto the field during your rookie season. You started that season behind former first-round overall pick Jim Plunkett. You eventually take the starting job, starting seven games while appearing in 13 total. It should be noted that Jim Plunkett was only 28 years old at that point. What do you think Coach Fairbanks saw that made him make that move to make you the starter? Well, first of all, I didn't I didn't fight my way into the job. Jim Plunkett got hurt in the final preseason game. They had uh, one other veteran in front of me, uh, Neil Graff, and uh, he played the first five or six games, didn't play extremely well. We didn't win much. And uh, they put me in um, the game down at at uh, Shea Stadium against the New York Jets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was in the there. <laughs> fourth, in the fourth quarter, I threw a touchdown pass to Russ Francis. The next day, they activated Plunkett off the injured list, cut Neil Graff, and then I was backing up Plunkett for two weeks, and then he got hurt again, and I became the starter. And I think Jim had just gotten beaten up so much in New England, he was ready for a, a change, and they had a chance to Trade him to San Francisco. We got a bunch of high draft picks because of that that kind of formed our team in the late 70s and early 80s. Guys like uh, Don Hasselbeck, Pete Brock, uh, Tim Fox, guys that stuck around for a while and, and ha helped us make the team a successful team. Um, and then, you know, I started getting banged up a little bit myself and traded jobs starter back up with uh, Matt Cavanaugh for a while and then with Tony Eason for a while and then with several other guys for a while. <laughs> no, it, it was just a crazy up and down time. It's interesting because during your rookie season when you did get in, you threw for 1,976 yards, 11 touchdowns. Um, additionally, you added 110 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. As you mentioned, the, the Patriots moved on from Jim Plunkett, trading him to the 49ers. How much confidence... You know, once Plunkett was traded, going into the following season, knowing that you were the starter at such a young age, how much confidence did that give you going into that season? A lot of confidence. There's no question about that. At the same time, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, what's going on here? I was a fifth-round <laughs> draft pick, played in a terrible college program, although I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, how is it I've become a starter in my second year in the NFL? <laughs> you know, I didn't worry too much about that. I just went out and enjoyed playing football and did the best I could. 
Well, well, you know, you talk about that, but then let's carry it a step further. As you recorded 12 rushing touchdowns in that second season, which was a record that would stand until 2011 when Cam Newton ran for 14. That team did a complete turnaround from the 3-11 and in the previous year to 11-3 and in 76. What was the major difference that led to such a dramatic turnaround in that second year for you? Well, I think we, we had some of those draft picks that, that I was talking about. We got from the Plunkett trade that stepped right in and, and made a difference in our team. We had some veterans um, that were much better in the leadership role that second year with me. The, you know, we started winning early in the year. We lost the first game, and I think we won three in a row. We beat the Raiders something like 49-14 to 14 or something in that respect and, and uh, beat the Pittsburgh Steelers who were coming off their second Super Bowl win, beat them in Pittsburgh, and we just kind of built it on that momentum. And uh, between the veterans and the young guys, we just had a great team. So that second season is also your first taste of playoff football. What do you remember about that game against, at that point, I mean, that season, they were 14-1, and the Raiders. Uh, you guys were winning that game 21-10 going into the fourth quarter. What do you remember most about that first taste of NFL fo- playoff football? Well, it was pretty exciting. Um, we knew the Raiders would do anything to win after we beat them earlier in the season playing in their stadium. Uh, it was obvious when we went for a walk through the day before that Al Davis had watered the field a lot and let the grass grow pretty high to slow down our running game, which was tremendous. And then the other, the other one was the, uh, there was roughing the passer call late in the game on Ray Hamilton, which was, we'll debate that to eternity with, uh, different people, but it, it sure looked like it was a bad call. And, had that not been called, more than likely we'd wound up winning the game and, and moving on in the playoffs. How much confidence had built up over the end of that six-win streak that you had put together at the end of the year going into those playoffs? Not many people can put together six wins in the NFL straight. No, I, I think we were, we were pretty confident when we went out there that we were going to win the game. And uh, just the Raiders came down to, to making a couple extra plays toward the end that kept us out of it. So the 1978 Patriots make it back to the playoffs. That 78 Patriots still own the record for most rushing yards in a season. You're a huge part of that success. While that offense also featured Sam Cunningham, you added some impressive numbers of your own. That season you recorded 539 yards on the ground, becoming one of the four members of the 78 Patriots with 500 or more rushing yards. Back then, you know, you maybe take a look at the Lions, Greg Landry, uh, Fran Tarkenton. There weren't many quarterbacks that went out of the pocket. So two things. Who did you fashion your game around? Like growing up, what quarterback inspired you to be that type of quarterback? And then you mentioned the injuries, and we'll, we'll list them a little later on during this interview. But how much of a toll did that style of quarterbacking take on you? Well, it took a little bit of a toll, um, but it was something that I knew I did well. And, and I think Coach Fairbanks was a guy who came from Oklahoma where they ran the wishbone offense, and he wasn't afraid to let his quarterbacks run. And uh, maybe it was because I was a fifth-round pick and he figured he could replace me very easily <laughs> if something happened to me. I don't know. <laughs> wow. um, you know, we had designed runs for me, quarterback draws, bootlegs, um, 
you know, one thing or the other, and then you add in a lot of scrambling around from the pocket, and uh, the yards just seemed to build up. That season included a seven-game winning streak. The Patriots had outscored opponents 358 to 286. You win the East. You meet up with the Oilers, who you had lost to in Week 11, 26 to 23, close game. Looking back on it, um, knowing how well you guys played them in Week 11, how disappointing was that 31-14 loss versus Houston? And looking over the overall body of work, is that the which playoff game stands out the most to you as the most disappointing one? I think the one in 76 was much more disappointing than 78, even though, you know, we had maybe a better team in 78, but um, I got banged up late in the year. I was having a knee problem. I don't think I finished that playoff game uh, just because my knee wouldn't let me. I started it, but, but couldn't finish. So the one in 76 hurt a lot. You know, they, the Raiders won. They played Pittsburgh the next week. Pittsburgh had one healthy running back, um, and then Minnesota in the in the uh, Super Bowl, and they never won a Super Bowl as many times as they got there. So that would have been the year to make everything happen. '78 was a fun year. We had a great offensive line. We were just hammering the ball down people's throats. We had guys like Stanley Morgan on the outside with tremendous speed. So our play action passes were. Uh, Really nice, and uh, it just wasn't meant to be. So, you know, obviously you're known for scrambling and, and going out of the pocket, but you still possess a lot, extremely talented arm. Your best statistical season came in 79, throwing for over 3,000 yards, league-leading 28 touchdowns, uh, 16 yards per completion also led the league. You mentioned Stanley Morgan. You also had Harold Jackson. Each of them right. ca- um, averaged over 22 yards per catch. Um, that was also Ron Earhart's first year as head coach. And looking at your numbers, the 423 attempts were a career high. I know that Ron was your offensive coordinator, you know, under you know your former coach. But how right. much, how difficult was the transition from this seemed to be a much more pass-oriented offense to a more well from a more well-balanced attack under Coach Fairbanks? And which of the two systems did you prefer? I, I, well, the one thing that Ron Earhart did when he took over, he called me in his office and said they were thinking about letting me call my own plays. Uh, I'd been in the same offense uh, with going, going on five years. Um, and I spent a lot of time in the offseason studying the, how, how we called plays, why we called plays. Um, I think he, he recognized the uh, knowledge that I had of the game and the feel I had for calling the game. And I don't know that we, because I was calling the plays, I wasn't really trying to throw the ball more. It just, with our running game, it, things opened up so much more that uh, I got some nice stats. We mentioned the wear and tear on the type of game and the toll it took on you. And in the early 80s, you, suffered, you, you mentioned the several injuries, and the Patriots drafted Tony Champagne Eason in the first round of the 1983 NFL draft. By the 85 season, Eason had taken over the starting position. Patriots started out 2-3. and three. Coach Raymond Berry benched Eason, and you won six straight games. Um, and that went on to make a storybook season. It took a turn as you suffered a broken leg in Week 12 uh, against the Jets. Um, Eason, in that game, the Patriots lost 
lost 16-13 in overtime, fell out of first place in the AFC East. Patriots went 3-2 and in the remaining five games, finished the season 11-5. and um, You guys earned the wild card berth, eventually reached Super Bowl, uh, where you faced the Chicago Bears. Throughout that playoff run, knowing how well the team played with you at quarterback, um, and basically that season without you at quarterback, they were a 500 team, 5-5. Five and five. How tough was it to be on the bench, even though the team was winning those playoff games? You know, there's even a story out there that you lobbied during those playoff games and, and going into that Super Bowl that you even wanted to go in on special teams. That's true. <laughs> uh, when, we made, when we got to the Super Bowl... I knew that, that myself and Tom Ramsey, the other backup quarterback, were the only two guys that were not going to get on the field for the Super Bowl. And I was talking to Dante Skarnecki, our special teams coach. I said, let me block for extra points. I'll cover kicks. Anything to get on the field during the Super Bowl. And it was always no, no, no. Uh, and then as it turned out, Eason wasn't feeling well, had the flu or something, and uh, got off to a rough start, and Coach Barry made the change. I went in and had thoughts of turning the game around, uh, but the Chicago Bears had quite a defense that uh, year. <laughs> yeah, the coaches, I never watched the film after the game was over with. Coaches told me I threw the ball 31 times and got knocked down on 29 of them. So <laughs> it was a long afternoon, but I was on the field, and that made me happy. Well, not only were you on the field, and obviously you play in a Super Bowl and you're such a part of, of that climb from the Patriots, you know, turning that initial season around and, and making them a prominent team for many years, but you were also the only quarterback to put up points in the playoffs against the Bears. I know it's not the same as winning the Super Bowl, but when you look back at that, do you take satisfaction over the fact that you're the only quarterback that was able to put up points in postseason against them? I don't know if that makes me feel any better about losing the Super Bowl, but uh, it was nice to be able to throw a touchdown pass. I got uh, Irving Fryer on a quick little slant route down down in the uh, red zone, and he was able to take it in. So at least we weren't shut out. (laughs) One of the things that made you a fan favorite in Patriot Nation was your unparalleled toughness. Without a doubt, you're one of the toughest quarterbacks in the game. Played through an endless string of injuries throughout your career. During your 16-year career, you endured five knee surgeries, cracked fibula, two ruptured discs in your neck, broken left hand, two separated shoulders, three concussions, and plenty more injuries. Uh, Despite all this, nothing could keep you from returning to the field. That's one of those things that analytics or even scouting can't see. So where did that toughness come from, and how important was that attitude to to help you accomplish what you were able to accomplish in the game of football? Number one, I, I love to play football, and, uh, and especially Ron Earhart started it with letting me call plays. Raymond Berry was our wide receiver coach during that time, and then uh, he was the head coach when Eason got hurt in 85, and I went in, and he told me to call my own plays. Um, so that was, that was pretty special. Um, it was easier for me to look at the, look at the offensive line on, on a third and one and say, you know, what do you guys got for me? Or we need a first down here, Stanley. What can you get a first down with? Um, that was that was fun. That made it really interesting. Um, and now I've forgotten the rest of your question. <laughs> uh, it's just the, the toughness. You know, how important was it to you know for your success? Uh, well, and where does it where where did that toughness come from? You know, I always felt like I was 
I was not a quarterback. I was a football player, and I didn't want the guys in the huddle with me to think I was some sissy that that couldn't take the physical part of the game. So I, I never wanted them to feel that way. And my dad was a tough guy. He was a coach. Uh, that that probably had a big influence on me. And I'm sure I watched too many John Wayne movies when I was a kid because John Wayne was always the tough guy in every movie, and I loved it. <laughs> so lastly, at the time of your retirement, you led the franchise as the all-time leader in passing yards, 26,886, passing touchdowns, 182. As of 2019, you're currently ranked third in passing yards and passing touchdowns behind two pretty good quarterbacks, Tom Brady and Drew Bledsoe. Your 16 seasons are second most ever for a Patriots player behind Tom Brady. You also held the uh, Patriots' previously single game record with a 153.9 quarterback rating achieved by completing 13 of 18 passes, 315 yards, five touchdowns, no interception against the Jets, another game I was at, September 9th, 1979. Um, and that was before Bledsoe posted a perfect 158.3 rating against the Colts. Looking back on that body of work, what is the one thing you're most proud of about your career? Um, I would have to say it was the fact that I was able to adjust um, in several ways. One, I adjusted from being a starter to a backup and then back to a starter and then back to a backup. Uh, that was difficult at times, but I was able to, to do that. And the other way I adjusted was when I came in the league, I was a runner, uh, got a lot of yards on the ground, threw, threw a lot of deep passes, did all that kind of stuff. Um, and then when I started having knee problems, I was able to transition my game to become a pocket passer and a fairly successful one. And, you know, you look at a lot of the guys that have come after me that were great runners early in their career, and, and they once they can't run anymore, they just kind of disappear. So I was able to persevere. You know, you, were, you are in the New England area a lot uh, with your sporting goods store. Having been able to watch Drew Bledsoe and then, you know, Tom Brady uh, carry on that quarterback legacy in New England, what have you thought about their careers as well? Bledsoe had a really good career for about, what was it, eight years there. Um, Did a lot of nice things. Um, But he he only did one thing wrong. He tried to to take a hit from one of the New York (laughs) Jets, and it cost him the job for the next 20 years. So (laughs) Tom Brady hasn't done anything much wrong since he's taken over. He's uh, an amazing athlete as a quarterback. Um. He, he throws the ball well. He understands the offense well. It's really going to be interesting to see how he does in a different system in Tampa Bay this year. Uh, I, I thought he'd come back. Uh, I couldn't imagine starting over someplace at age 42 had I played that long. So uh, we'll have to watch and see what happens. Mark had mentioned your toughness and, and on your way back from injuries. I'm not sure if if you – you know, when you see Alex Smith's injury, does it bring you back to that day against the Jets? And, and what have you thought of his uh, journey back? Well, it was very similar to the Joe Theismann injury that I watched on Monday Night Football. And uh, you try not to think about things like that when you're a player. Um, and the crazy thing is that day I, I broke my leg um, walking out of the tunnel before the game, one of the Jets fans 
yelled at me, hey, Grogan, we're going to do to you what we did to Theismann or what happened to Theismann or whatever it was. And then it turns out I broke my leg, not nearly as bad as Theismann. But Alex Smith uh, was devastating. I was out here a lot in Kansas City at the time. All that was going on. And the fact that he's getting himself back to where he thinks he can play again is is great. I, I, I wish him all the, the luck. And I'm sure he's getting the best treatment. And uh, he's got some ability so somebody can use him when he's healthy. You know, right before we let you go, you just mentioned the name Smith, and it kind of reminded me, and I might have this wrong, but I think late at the very late stages of your career, uh, you guys were playing against the Bills, and I'm not sure if it was Bubba Smith that hit you, and you kind of felt that it might be the time to get out of the game when he said something to you when he picked you up. Is that correct? <laughs> Do I have that story right? That's pretty close. Well, it was well, Bruce Smith. Oh, it's Bruce, Bruce okay. Smith knocked me down was standing over the top of me, reached his hand down to me to help me up. He goes, I'm sorry, Mr. Grogan, are you okay? <laughs> he called me Mr. Grogan, and I, was, I must be getting old. <laughs> All right, Steve, thanks so much for your time tonight. Always love watching you play, except two games a year against the Jets. That was an absolute nightmare for me. Um, you always, always I'll tell, I'll tell lit us up. A quick story before you cut me off. Oh, great, go ahead. I was, give, I was giving a speech to a group of people uh, back in the 90s sometime, and some guy in the front row, as they introduced me, he goes, Go Jets! <laughs> and I walked up to the podium, and I pointed at him. I said, Are you a Jets fan? He says, Yes, I am. And I said, well, we got something in common. I'm a Jets fan, too. I have my best games against them. <laughs> you, you, you absolutely <laughs> did. I can vouch for that. Uh, yeah. There you go. I had season tickets for all those years where you just seemed to always light us up and, and, yeah. still, and still love you as a player. So that tells you something about the way you played well, the game. I appreciate that. Thanks so much, Steve. Be safe. Be healthy. Enjoy talking with you. You bet. You got Steve Bye -bye. Grogan, New England Patriots legend.